The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. You're listening to the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross on the home of 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. Well, a big thank you to our friend Len Rhodes from the Edmonton Eskimos for joining us in studio for a debrief. I know it's a couple of weeks, but it's only it's, sometimes it feels like it's been two months um, since the Grey Cup, but it's actually only been two weeks. Our next guest, Marty Forbes, was a big part of the Grey Cup Festival as well. It was amazing. I mean, this city, <clears throat> Dwayne Vineau and uh, Lauren Farnell and, and, of course, Len, when they plan a party, yeah, <laughs> I said, you want World War III? Let those guys plan it. <laughs> come off perfectly. No, it was spectacular and a wonderful showcase for the city across the country and the world. And mm-hmm. We had our little Nate kids to every single event and uh, no, it was it was great. Marty, for those of you who don't know your history, I'm not going to try to run it down. There is a reason, there's a very specific reason why you're here today because you are the son of Jerry Forbes and I want to get to that conversation in just a, a little this bit. the annual Make Marty Cry Day. Make Marty Cry Day. Um, but you're your legacy, your history in this city uh, is is something to be very proud of as well. You've been very involved with media here for decades. Um, you Grey Cup Festival, you're working, you work with John Cameron. To, for those who don't know who Marty Forbes is, tell them. Well, first off, don't ever retire because it's a trick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I was fortunate to be uh, born a Forbes as, a, as my two other brothers who are also in radio. And uh, collectively, we have 157 years of, of radio experience, dad down. Mm-hmm. And we used to say when we all gathered at, uh, at his house over, over the holidays, it wasn't Christmas, it was a convention. I was going to say, who fought to talk first? <laughs> <laughs> well, my brother Jerry, the yeah. morning man. <laughs> that was a slam dunk. But no, the, I learned at a very young age the true meaning of pay it forward mm-hmm. and the true meaning of volunteerism and, and how deep it's, it's built into, he used to call it the social fabric of Edmonton. Santa's is a part of the social fabric of Edmonton. People take ownership and pride that they have done anything to be involved in it. And, uh, you know, I, the very first thing he ever taught me is, you know, with pointing his finger, don't ever forget what a powerful vehicle you have with radio. Mm-hmm. You're going to get into radio. You use it for good. And I've just, after retired, said I was so blessed in my career, I'm going to do whatever I can to help others enjoy and, and spread that word mm-hmm. in the city of Edmonton. And I love my gig. I want to talk to you um, because I want to focus on Santa's Anonymous and, and, and your dad here, but you also have another big event coming up. Um, the Singing Christmas Tree, you're a big part of that as yeah. well. Well, that's another one. I came in for one year and we <laughs> celebrated year 10. It's it's uh, it's it's not a family, it's a cult. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I just got back from lunch where uh, John and the team just gave a check for $220,000 to the Royal Alexander Foundation uh, to help with mental illness causes. And there's the donation carries much deeper uh, usage as we go down the road mm-hmm. with some of the things that we're working together with. So it, it's just... Uh, wonderful to be involved with people like that. When you talk about giving back and, and what your dad said about, uh, you know, this community and, and, and it being such a part of the fabric of this community, um, when do you remember first hearing about Santa's Anonymous? How old were you? Well, <laughs> um, 
see, mom and dad divorced, and we went to Toronto in 1961, would come back and forth mm-hmm. over summer. So I missed a great number of the years, but I, I basically ran away from home age, age 17 and decided I wanted to get into radio, so started to, uh, to go to school here. So 68, 69 were kind of the, the heyday of when you know I was uh, getting involved, and that's just when the Top 40 thing was really starting mm-hmm. to take off, and Shed had, it's, you know, to the listeners, it's, it's judged by shares, and it had a 55 share. Unreal which is the top nine or ten radio stations combined today to reach. Mm -hmm. So it was a huge, huge radio station. And and to watch, uh, you know, this thing operated out of a basement for a while with the staff. So here's people over Christmas, the receptionists, and people dropping stuff off downstairs and and just watching it grow to the magnitude that it is today with a center that's named after Dad 37 years after he's left us. It's it's a hard feeling to describe. Yeah, your dad's been gone for 37 years. years. Yeah, yeah. So when you walk into the Jerry Forbes Center or when you're over at Forbes Way (laughs) over on the south side of town, which I'm like, that's Marty's dad. Um, What do you you remember of him? What, What do you think about him? Well, he he was uh, an extremely dynamic man. I mean, six foot five, and he stood tall, very handsome man, really well dressed, had this iconic pipe and (laughs) a a very soft spoken style, very funny man, a great sense of humor, and and uh, had a staff that just adored him. Mm -hmm. I I still hear stories of I adored your dad. He was a second dad. And uh, an absolutely fun guy to be around. I mean, that was a nice part. And very engaged in the city. I mean, if everybody knew who Dad was, and he hung with, you know, Tommy Banks and, and the mayors and, and the Gianelli brothers and the people who built all the local businesses there. Yeah. I, I think that's the key, is that Edmonton has always been a, a collection of, of smaller town people. It's a, it doesn't have a Toronto and a Vancouver, you know, speed about it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you always run into your neighbors mm-hmm. everywhere you go, and especially in the, in the public service area. I'm, I'm running into the same, Len Rhodes. Yeah, we just, <laughs> Walking yeah. out the door, I'll see you Thursday and Friday, man. I mean, <laughs> but that's just the way the city goes. A Creature with Stirring has been a mainstay on um, Canadian radio for decades. What do you remember about the start of that and about him writing that? The, the story, it was, it was captured by Global a number of years back when they were ITV, I believe. And it was, it was talking with, I think it was Gary Dreger at that point, <clears throat> talking about the day that it was launched. And Dad had written it the day before and produced it, and Wes Montgomery was the morning man. So the, he was, Gary was chronicling the phone call from my dad to, to Wes. Okay, Wes, I got this little thing. I just want to warn you about it. And Wes, of course, gives him a funny line back. Says, yeah, I listened to McCord yesterday. I cried, Jerry. Yeah, it'll be okay. <laughs> and he plays this, you know, trip hammer hard. <laughs> he plays the thing, and there's dead air. I mean, no sound at the end as Wes captures, you know, yeah. his breath back and goes, wow. And the Canadian Association of Broadcasters is no longer the same with us. But at one point, I think I had found out that it is the longest piece of, of uh, creative, as it's called, that is run continuously on Canadian radio. So it's, and it's one of those things that just, it'll hopefully never go away. Well, uh, one more time, and we're going to, to play it now, because for those of you who have never heard it, you'll understand what we're talking about. For those of you who wait for this time of year to hear this, here it is, A Creature Was Stirring. 
His hair was shoulder length, his youthful face hid behind an abundance of shaggy beard. Over tight faded blue jeans and an old bulky knit, he had thrown his pride and joy, a sheepskin wrap. It had a hole in the center through which he put his head. It was without arms, fell front and back down past his waist to his mid-thigh, and it was gathered at the waist with a chain. His 68 Chevy moved slowly through the streets. It stopped, then started again, making a U-turn at the corner where the driver gazed through the darkness of the night to view the street markers. He was in unfamiliar territory. The houses were one room frame and most of them were bare of paint. Lights were few and glowed softly behind polythene which substituted for storm windows. Up one side of the deserted street, down the other. Then on to the next block, the old Chevy made its way. It stopped, and the door opened, and the young man with the long hair and the beard and the faded jeans and the sheepskin coat got out on the passenger side and walked to the gate of the house that was a duplicate of all those around it. He walked slowly up the walk, trying to see the house numbers through the dark. He read them. Satisfied that this was the place, he returned to his car, opened the trunk and removed two large brown shopping bags like they use in the supermarket. He returned to the front door of the old house and knocked gently. No answer. He knocked again. Then he heard the sound of children. The door opened, and in a brief second, through the dim light inside, he saw poverty at Christmas time. The floor was bare. Three little children were playing there with an old cardboard box. The kitchen table was covered with tattered oil cloth and was surrounded by four bare wooden chairs. A double bed sat in one corner, sagging but neatly made, and a small electric stove sat against the wall. A young woman, perhaps in her late twenties, but looking tired and older than her years, came to the door, scooping up the smallest child as she did. The other child, who had opened the door, looked at the stranger outside, then stepped back, glancing quickly at her mother. Good evening, ma'am. These are guests for the little ones from Santa's Anonymous, the young man said. The mother looked a long moment at the long-haired, bearded youth, with the outlandish sheepskin jacket. She took the two shopping bags filled with gaily wrapped Christmas gifts. She sat the baby down on the floor again and quickly looked at the bright display of parcels. Her eyes welled up with tears, and she could bring herself to say only an almost inaudible thank you. You're welcome, ma'am, the youth said as he turned to go, and have a very Merry Christmas. And then it happened. Just as his foot hit the top step of the old porch, as the door was about to close behind him, a small child's voice said, Mommy, was that Jesus? It hit Trip Hammer hard, and the young man stopped for the briefest moment. His chin dropped to his chest, and an almost overwhelming emotion swept through him. He walked slowly now to his ancient car, 
crawled in behind the wheel, sat there for a moment trying to get a deep breath. He wiped a tear off his bearded cheek and drove off into the night. It hadn't happened before. It might not ever happen again. But that small child in that small house on Maple Street gave this strange lad in sheepskin coat the most beautiful Christmas gift he had ever received. That voice that you were just listening to, Jerry Forbes, his son Marty joining me in studio. I'm going to give him a minute <laughs> and we'll talk more about A Creature of Stirring right after this. Marty Forbes joining me in studio and uh, the voice on A Creature Was Stirring is that of his dad, uh, Jerry Forbes. The Jerry Forbes Center obviously named after him. Um, I gave you three minutes to, <laughs> to think about it. Just, you know, when you when when you hear that, you can you can go all year and then this time of year, um, if you're listening to this station, oftentimes you're going to catch that a couple of times before Christmas. Right. You know, it, it, the first couple of years it was hard, and, yeah. and I worked across the street uh, mm-hmm. at, at the Bear, and so I would I would stand back and I would sit and drive and park around the corner and watch <laughs> you guys doing what you did and have my little cry and go home. Um, you never do get used to it. Uh, the thing I'm the proudest about, though, is my my daughters. Yeah, you know, are, are so proud of being Forbeses. And uh, they'll send pictures delivering. Yeah. Never tell me they'll just show up. Now I got a grandson. And, and what a legacy for, for little Liam. Yeah, I can't wait for the hurricane <laughs> <laughs> to be part of that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it takes, it, it's touching. I mean, it's 37 years is a lifetime, you know. And there he is every year, back in my life. And how amazing is it that you have something that you can hear his voice? Because I know so many of us wish that when the, the, one of our loved ones passes is that you just want to hear their voice again. Yeah. And it's there. Well, Ched, Ched used to do a thing called uh, Good Guy of the Day. Yeah. And every once in a while, somebody will phone me or drop by and say, hey, was that an auction? And I found a Good Guy of the Day certificate that your dad signed uh. in 1959. Wow. Someone wanted to know um, what year this was recorded. Yeah, a lot of it would be a guess because I wasn't around, but I, I think it was in the early 60s, and the car was originally a 50-something, and uh, as it got older and older, uh, they redid it uh, to make it a 1968, <laughs> which I guess it's due. It's going to be hard to... <laughs> Maybe it's an Uber, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, now we'll just, uh, we'll just leave it because it's perfect as is because you can tell by the text line every time we play that how it resonates with uh, with our listeners and with the city of Edmonton. Uh, Santa's Anonymous Delivery Day is next weekend, December 15th. Marty, just uh, your final thoughts before I let you go here on, on Santa's and, um, and, and, and just the legacy that this has and what it is and it continues to do. Well, the, the number one thing is recognizing the reason he did that was to salute the true champions. I mean, the radio station facilitates it. That's great. We understand that. The staff are all there. But we now have three generations deep. Mm-hmm. And to, for me to stand back and watch grandma and grandpa with their kids yeah. and their little grandkids learning about it. And I dispatched last year yeah. for the very first time and just chatted with people. And, and they're teaching their little kids, you know, eight, nine, ten-year-olds, why they should yeah. give back and how 
this. And you hear those stories of, of kids bringing their piggy banks yeah. in and donating to that. that. That's the legacy that absolutely makes me know that makes me so happy that this will go on forever. Yeah, it's about you, the volunteers, it's those who volunteers. drop the, the presents off, those who show up on delivery day, those who help us set a record amount of fundraising yesterday in the auction. That is for you. It's all about Edmonton. That's, as he used to say, that's so Edmonton. <laughs> Marty, thank you so much. Well, thank you. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.